0: What do you see? What I deal with. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy, and I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where, you know, Matt, every once in a while, you just gotta get it out of your system. You mean every week?
1: Every week you got to get it out of your system? I feel like that's that happens to you a lot. Well, I mean, the, mm. so every <laughs> week you got to talk about the lights in your neighborhood. You got to get it out. Well, but the thing you can is... You just let it sit there and fester. Well, that's
0: the thing about me, Matt. My whole life is is letting it sit there and fester. Like, this is an optional, you know, release for some of those thoughts for me. But, you know, I feel like there's a thing floating between us that we just, we just got to talk about. And it could be a long episode, Matt, but I think you should buckle up because I am prepared. I've done my research, and I'm ready to talk about Lil Xan. <gasps> I was hoping for this moment. Were you? I've been thinking about Lil Xan all week. I know you have, and so... I think we should discuss... I have a lot
1: of little Zan ideas. I have a lot of Zan-related puns. Uh, <laughs> I've introduced Zan, Zan into my life as much as possible.
0: I do realize uh, that I have uh, opened up the door to all of your Zan puns, and I'm ready to accept that cost uh, for talking about this topic, which I think is a genuinely interesting one, because I would like you and I to get to the bottom of whether or not little Zan <sighs> is good. And we can talk about that in a couple that- of different contexts. I
1: can't was this gonna be like the room episode, or is this like our regular episode? It's hard to tell, right? How Kinda is the room episode
0: different from our regular episode? uh, it's an
1: extreme. There's no going into a lot of times we go into a show and I think, oh, I know how this is gonna end. I wonder what Andy thinks about wool, but sometimes. You bring up a topic, and I really genuinely don't know where you're going to land. I yeah, feel like transparently. Most of the time, I know
0: where you're going to land. N- not to get too meta, but I do think that it's unfortunate that so many of the topics that I have listed down are things that you know exactly where I stand on. Like, I think the show mm-hmm. would be better if you were discovering along with me and not, like, basically completing my sentences because I've already ranted to you about the thing. But thus is my yeah. life. I've ranted yeah. to people about things.
1: But also, I don't know where, I don't really actually know where you stand on Little Zan.
0: Well, let's get into it, Matt. But first, I think you should give a little introduction to Little Xan for our audience, assuming that they are roughly our age. They probably have no idea what the kids are up to because they're not as plugged in as you. So how about you uh, give a little summary?
1: (laughs) If you're not as plugged in as me and super, super cool like I am, you may have heard about Little Xan as the guy who said Tupac was boring. I think that was most people's introduction to him, right? They said, hey.
0: Well, I didn't see that until I did my little research session before this episode. Okay.
1: I think most of the world was introduced because this, cause some white kid said, or some white looking kid said, Tupac is boring, and then the world said, hey, you're a white looking kid who's a bad rapper, what are you talking about? Tupac is great.
0: Uh, so Wait, hold I, on f- a second, is that all we have to do, Matt? Do we just have to be like, uh, damn, Benjamin is boring, and then everyone will like our podcast because we called out one of the greats?
1: Yeah, you, that's all you have to really do uh leo laporte is boring whoa (laughs) Whoa. what just happened marco arment boring i like leo though i think he's i i was in uh i was in the back of a of an uber the other day and someone was listening to leo laporte the tech guy and i was like hey that was like the first podcast i ever listened to that's so nice nostalgia anyway so little zan is a guy who thinks tupac is boring but besides that he's uh he's a rapper in his early 20s uh he's probably easily distinguished by his uh numerous face tattoos. Uh, one that says ZZZ, get it? Because he's sleepy, because he's on Xan. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, I do get Xan it. does not stand for Alexander. <laughs> Xan stands for Xanax, because he at some point had a crippling addiction to fake Xanax, so that's worth noting. Uh, And he raps over, basically, trap beats in, in kind of a mumbly way, and not exactly a Migos thing, but kind of a Migos thing. I guess yeah. everything's
0: a Migos thing now, right? Yeah, I would say he's in the, the popular zeitgeist, the milieu of Migos, or future... Or Lil Uzi Vert, or any of these artists that are kind of doing yeah. the. I mean, what is the actual term for this genre? This is where I'm going to show. Is this SoundCloud Rappers? Is that yeah. what it is? In the meantime, no. She hates the long ministry. And I said, I hate the long ministry. I want to blow up and make history. says, she hates my instafe. Zen's don't make you. Zen's going to take you. Zen's going fake you. Zen's going to.
1: I wish uh, rap had the same, like, genres of metal that, like, uh, maybe it does, and I'm not as aware of it, but, like, you know the, the, you, the Wikipedia drill down you can do on, like, specific metal genres and the listings oh, yeah. of them?
0: There's also that old Flash site. I, I, you, you must be familiar oh, yeah. with that old Flash site, oh, right, yeah. that has all of the music genres sort of canonically yeah, yeah. linked?
1: It's great. So, anyway, I don't, if, I don't know if this exists, but I would say he's, like, a SoundCloud, FaceTat, uh, Zan rapper. Zan rappers are certainly a thing at this point i guess maybe the yeah. Zan rapper but there's 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 vice documentaries about this there are numerous Zan rappers who are all about getting their face tattooed and they only have the same reason because they don't want to look back so he falls into that category um and there's also a great there's a, there is a noisy rap uh documentary about little xan if you want to learn more about him I, i'd say an interesting character an unexpected yeah. character.
0: Yeah. Suffice it to say that if you had sent me, and you introduced me to Lil Xan a, a mere seven days ago, uh, I believe right after we recorded the last podcast we did, or maybe right before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would not be interested in talking about this further if not for the fact that this guy's an interesting character. Uh, because on its face, he's just making like pretty. I, I hesitate to say bad, because I don't want to show my age, and for this to become the new best music, and uh, the entire culture warps around it, and then in five years, we look back and say that I clearly just had no idea what was cool, but yeah. I would say pretty, like, generic, unremarkable uh, rap with, like, lyrical content that is pretty empty, like, there's there's mm-hmm. basically nothing novel in lyrical content. Like, did he say in in his lyrics somewhere that Tupac was boring, or was that in, like, an interview? No, it was in an interview. Okay. Uh, so, like, boring legal content, like you said, like, very generic beats. Honestly, like, he has, what, like, five songs, as best as I could tell?
1: Not that many. He doesn't even have a full album yet. He's definitely, like, a, uh, you know... Uh, I guess SoundCloud rappers are, like, the modern-day Dat Piff rappers, you know, where they'd be, like, you only know, know them because they have, like, one mixtape, but it shot to the top of their website. And doesn't really there's no album to represent them yet.
0: Yeah, so bas and and this guy is basically just uh YouTube videos as far as I can tell. It seems like that's yeah. the canonical place where his songs live, uh whether it's sure. SoundCloud or not. I feel like YouTube is his is his main platform of choice. And, and you uh, say
1: actually you say lyrics unremarkable, but I feel like uh like maybe expressing a, an actual life story, despite being so young, just very poorly written. Like uh maybe maybe there's a message behind it that is uh legit, but like could not be more poorly, poorly written, you know. Like uh, struggle with Xanax abuse, for example.
0: Yeah, I mean, to say a story implies to me like a beginning, a middle, an end, protagonists, conflict, uh, and there certainly is a lot of rap I would put into that rich story. I shouldn't
1: say uh, story, maybe life experience. Like more life experience than you would expect from like a twenty, twenty-one year old rapper, but also, uh, I don't know. I don't know that. It, I don't know that it's that artfully put. I think even no. Lil Zan would say so himself, and say that's that uh, that doesn't represent me anymore.
0: Well, so yeah, and in my uh, in my research, I have you seen the? I went searching for uh, his actual lyrics and for explanations of what the sort of themes being woven throughout were. I did just, you
1: did you go to genius.com and look up Taste the Rainbow and didn't see him go oh well uh, so I did yeah, go to genius.com did you see the you
0: see the video interviews with him where he yeah. explains both Betrayed and Far Yeah it's uh, you know looking at him explaining his lyrics I mean it seems pretty clear to me that there is not a lot of thought behind them either cuz he's basically like he raps a couple of verses and by the way if, if if you're listening and you haven't seen these rap genius videos like they take contemporary rappers and ask them to explain lyrics of their songs but they have them like acapella rap lines of their songs just like sitting in this chair and like in front of a green screen and it's, it's like It's
1: not super comfortable. No, it's extremely
0: uncomfortable. <laughs> like I I am I am nervous for them. Like it just it seems like the worst context in which to try and you know, express your, your art of this particular kind of, of music. Yeah,
1: it does seem like asking, like, a stand-up comedian to just do your joke now. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, just just here with nobody around. Just yes, do it. do the joke. How, Actually, see you how it know lands. what? Just
0: do the punchline and then explain it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's going to be funny. Yeah. They're not, not a great setup. <laughs> so, awkward videos, but, uh, you know, frankly, the, the guy has very little to say about the lyrical content of his songs. I mean, in the betrayed explanation, he, like, raps the first couple bars and then says, like, oh, I said you know, a thing about being demonic in there and everyone thinks I'm a devil worshiper, but I'll leave that up to you. And it's like, that's not explaining what a lyric means. You just <laughs> you just said that you said something. People think it means something and then you, you said it wasn't that, but you didn't say what it was. Uh, and then, you know, similar explanations. Right? It wraps a whole other verse and then just focuses on one word and talks about how, oh yeah, I dated a girl that did this thing. It's like, you know, compared to... The rap music that I really love, where I feel like uh, people are able to very thoughtfully talk about how every little word and cup and uh, couplet is a couple. couplet's a word, right? Why does that word sound not like a word when I said it just now? Uh, Every word, every couplet, every, you know, every, you know, piece of writing is made very intentionally. Like the song is crafted. You don't get that sense. You get the sense like when you watch. Uh, Betrayed, which is his most popular single. It's got almost 200 million views on YouTube as of the recording of this episode. When you watch that video, it just, it gives the, the, it throws the shape of being something that was kind of like slapped together. Like it's kind of a generic beat. The lyrics are mostly what and a over and over again. The chorus Mm -hmm. is repeated uh, way too many times uh, and is not particularly interesting or well written uh it I- does
1: it does seem like uh, a song that is indicative of the tools like m- the story i heard for that is that a beat was sent to him it's not like he made the beat himself it's actually clearly a bobby johnson beat because it, it says, says so probably right at the front. beginning of the song uh but doesn't it just seem like something where you get a beat and then maybe you don't even have lyrics so you open up GarageBand and then you start rapping and just see what happens and well, yeah. I it mean, doesn't really like it doesn't really require practice to do it. It's more, or maybe the practice was the recording of the song.
0: Yeah, and it's just you know, and I've actually you know, like I said, I looked it up on Rap Genius. I've watched the video a few times now, partially with like morbid fascination and partially with a genuine attempt to like understand what is appealing about this. It says old guy <laughs> on his podcast, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it just feels like there's really not much below the surface of that song. Uh and you know, for for comparison today I was listening to like Earl Sweatshirt, one of my favorite rappers. Uh mm-hmm. somebody of a similar age. I am mean, like, Earl's probably 23 now, I would guess. Uh without yeah, knowing his right birthday off the top of my head. Maybe so, 5 years
1: older, but same generation.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and comparing Earl's writing and rapping and you know, artistic decisions in production to somebody like Lil little zan it's stark it is a very stark comparison and earl is a more established rapper he's been doing this for longer and he's you know assigned to a label and all that kind of stuff well
1: even uh, even compare compare uh lizan to uh tyler the creator of the exact same age i think there's just an, an enormous
0: differential in thought and effort put in oh, tyler's older than 21 now tyler's like 24 i think
1: no no i'm saying t- think of tyler at oh. 21
0: oh yes huge compare, huge difference yeah.
1: Compare that. I think it I think it has very little to do with age.
0: And in defense of the world and of Little Zan, Tyler at 21 was much more popular than Little Zan is now, I think, right? Like, doesn't that Yonkers video have just like hundreds and hundreds of millions of views? I'm going to check right now, actually. I'm very I don't curious.
1: Know. I would love to. Actually, that would be a good comparison. What is Betrayed now have uh, compared to what Yonkers had at the time?
0: We can only guess because, oh man, this is so bleak. <laughs> holy shit
1: Betrayed is gonna have like 15 million right
0: uh, well Betrayed has almost 200 million views uh, oh okay and Yonkers over its entire seven years on YouTube uh, has 99 million views so okay wow uh, I guess I take a lot of that back and I, I was yeah, thinking man. maybe like it would be a situation where it's been taken down and put up on YouTube again but this same video has been on YouTube for seven years and is the one posted directly by Odd Future so oof that's a oof that's something okay so that's uh, different than you thought that's different than I thought. I would have thought that... I mean, in, in the music scene I was paying attention to when uh, Yonkers came out, that was like the biggest thing. Like it made, it made the biggest waves and was like all anyone talked about for, for a couple months was that video, uh, which was off of Tyler's first like major label release, I believe. He had a couple albums before that and a bunch of like mixtapes and stuff with Odd Future. But yeah. Okay, so I guess Lil Xan's bigger than Tyler. So that's an interesting uh, realization for us to have. But But yeah, like... There's not a whole lot to it, and I, I'm watching these things. I have to. I'm kind of struck by the fact that, like, it seems very much like a product of like YouTube and the internet, even more so than something like the work of Odd Future, which to me, is also very entangled with, like, internet culture, right? Uh, Like, the Odd Future guys, notoriously, like, when they were, like, 15 and 16, were just making videos and sticking them on YouTube and posting stuff to their website and, like, basically became, like, grassroots famous by just doing that, which is exactly what Little Xan is doing as well. Just now there's, a I guess, a bigger world to be reached or things move faster or uh, I don't know what what the exact difference is now. Uh, But even more so than, like, Odd Future, who I still feel like is kind of rooted in more of like the history of rap and hip-hop uh little xan just seems like it's kind of like you put a bunch of ingredients into like a a blender of like you put some tumblr into there and you put some like you know opioid epidemic into there uh and you put some you know some youtube comments into there and what came out is these videos (laughs) uh and it just i don't know i'm very like interested in the aesthetic of them interested in the success of them too like i can't I don't really understand why this has 200 million views, especially with this new information that Yonkers only has 99 million views of all time. Everyone should go watch the Yonkers video right now, apparently. Yeah. Uh,
1: do you think... I mean, th- one thing that strikes me is, that, like, maybe... I don't know if this this is ha- this is happens in a short enough period of time, but, like, in some ways, it seems like like an odd future. They sought out hip-hop and, like, made it, like, really dug in and it was something that uh, was meaningful to them, whereas, like, Lil Xan, like... It seems like it was just the closest thing to him or it just surrounded him. And so when it came to, hey, we're going to make music, well, I'll just make this music. Do you know what I mean by that? Where it's just like kind of. Yeah, uh, it's almost it, it's almost like a default state where it's just like, well, what are you going to do? And like, I don't, I don't know, rap on YouTube. Like, well, yeah, everybody raps on YouTube. Logan Paul raps on YouTube. Sure. Rap on
0: YouTube. I guess that is true. It is more of an established thing now, whereas when our future was doing it, I mean, I think they started putting videos up before YouTube was even a thing. I think they were, like, putting videos on their GeoCities page or whatever. Like, Um, there's
1: something to be said for having to, like, uh, fight your way into it as opposed to just it being the air that you breathe. Yeah. Which seems to be the case now. Like, it's almost like a default that if you have a YouTube account, you're going to release a rap video as part of it.
0: Yeah. So, Matt, will you defend the... Let's just take this piece by piece. Will you defend that Lil Zan is a good rapper? Uh,
1: technically, no. Well, okay. I don't think I don't think you can say he's like a technically skilled rapper. I think I mean I think you can say he like he can rap in a catchy way. I mean, there's no doubt that uh, I've had those songs stuck in my head for a week, and it, I didn't go into it thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna like this." <laughs> I went into it thinking this is weird, and I don't understand what's going on, and it makes me feel old. And then I spent like a week with it, and then it got totally stuck in my head and I became fascinated by it. So I think those are two different things.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. That's why I take it piece by piece. So like, I, I would so agree no, with you. I, I would don't say think he's like a good rapper. Technically, if you are aiming to study the art of rap, I think there is very little to be learned from Lil Xan, yeah, uh, which no. I say with all due respect. Uh, and it's not.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, also the BC boys, terrible rappers. They made a lot of catchy songs, but, Pretty bad
0: rappers, and there are really good rappers that also make not very good music, which is a very common thing too. It's just like that sort of technical skill is not something I think uh, Little Zan possesses. Uh, No, songwriting. Will you defend his songwriting? You said earlier you think these songs do have like they have a they have a a a a tone of life experience to them. Yeah,
1: which is, I mean, there is something interesting to the fact that not not that you uh, you necessarily want to see it, but there's this. It's interesting that they're. Talking about a subculture of like really young kids with crippling uh, prescription drug addictions, which is what was interesting to me. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Like, in a, I I know that's kind of morbid, but uh, it's just this you're like, what, what, how did this even become a thing? It's just, it was not a thing that was relevant when I was young. Maybe we just missed it by a little bit. But this like complete, uh, this complete world built around this very specific substance abuse is is interesting
0: yeah right and this is something we talked about before is that it makes sense to me that this would be that both that this would be the music of the opioid epidemic and that there would be culture created around this drug epidemic that's a thing that is well established that happens and it also yeah. makes sense to me that this is the drug drug epidemic and the resulting culture that would be uh emergent in this particular generation i say this generation it's basically our generation like we said we're i'm we're we're each, we're, we're eight and nine years older than lil xan respectively i think uh yeah. so it's not like we're like so much older but it does feel like that was a meaningful eight or nine years uh, and i think in no small part because of the speed with which the internet became an adopted thing in the age of communication like that eight or nine years means that like you and I remember when we got the internet, right? Like, I remember when we had our first dial-up modem and it was a new thing. Yeah. There was nothing on the internet except for you could type in an AL keyword and you would, like, see something. Uh, and I remember, you know, researching papers in a library, which is a thing that we were maybe, like, the last people that would ever remember that kind of thing. Whereas if you were eight or nine years older than us, you just grew up in this. It was, it was the water in which you swam, right? Uh, yeah. And so I feel like it, it makes sense to me that this opioid epidemic, the idea of being, uh, you know addicted to downers like intense downers would be the drug of the generation that was been completely overstimulated by media and communication for their entire lives with no with no you know no relent uh which that's just a hypothesis i i don't don't have the academic things to back that up maybe someone studied this but it makes sense to me that you know if that was the thing you grew up with if you grew up with the idea that you know, all of your friendships were reflected on Instagram and MySpace and uh, all of the social dramas of your entire high school and middle school played out in full detail for everyone to see and you could constantly get exposed to all of the negative news and all the school shootings and all of everything all the time and there's never any silence from that because you had a smartphone from the age you were, from from age 12 or whatever. Like, it makes sense that that would be the drug that would afflict that generation. Uh, Yeah. And it's also funny, like, for
1: whatever reason, in my mind, like, music about weed, music about heroin, that makes sense. Music about crystal meth would be weird to me. Music about Xanax is very weird to me. Like, there's there's some drugs I can associate with, like, a music culture and other drugs where I'm like, what? No, you, sh- you should be busy doing that drug. What are, you do- what are you rapping for? This is weird. Do you know what I mean by that?
0: I, I kind of know what you mean, but I think that's just because of exposure. Like, I think it's is that just all because it is? it's new to you, probably. Like, honestly, like, weed culture music has always been... Very foreign and weird to me. Like, I. Just but it makes sense, though, right? It makes a lot of sense. It, it, how does it make more sense than Xanax music culture? Uh, because weed is
1: a drug that might enhance music listening, music making, or music listening. Whereas, okay, so you take it and then you're in the like, studio and uh, like, you're like, "This sounds we'll use, amazing." <laughs> we'll use crystal meth as an example, like that. To culture that probably won't spring up uh, for obvious reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, because it's kind of debilitating. So. It's just, it that was just a fascinating point for me. Where you're like, you know, uh, you hear stories of like, well, didn't Little Peep just die of a fake Xanax overdose? Or like these kind of crippling addictions that actually lead to a creative outlet. That's
0: odd. Yeah, but I mean, like, also rock and roll was founded in insane drug use and how many people died no, no, of overdoses it's in true. the rock and roll I just, eras.
1: I was just listening to a Kurt Cobain conspiracy. That's something. That's a, <laughs> you,
0: some heroin rock. It's not good when Susie leaves Town huh? You just go deep <laughs> on you just go deep in all parts of the internet you really shouldn't be spending a lot of time in.
1: It's just you can you can play it without headphones with no judgment.
0: Okay. So we've talked about Lil Xan's rapping. We've talked about his songwriting. I mean and to to kind of put the button on the songwriting conversation, I think he is part of an interesting emergent cultural movement and an interesting sort of scene but i do not see his songwriting as a great window into that scene right i i don't think that the the writing of the songs is particularly no. effective at expressing really anything about uh his life other than the fact that he was addicted to xanax like i don't No, feel it's not it's not a window like it. it's,
1: maybe it's a beacon right it's like uh wait what is this and then you have to research it yourself but it's certainly not a window which, which, again, uh, just
0: to continue to, like, make references to other culture that I am kind of, like, comparing this to, like, comparing it to something like Good Kid Mad City, which, to me, as an album, first of all, is, like, one of the most uh, powerful storytelling albums from beginning to end of, of any rap album in recent history, but also, like, totally immersive into the culture of growing up mm-hmm. in Compton, right? Uh, and yeah. part of what's so compelling about that album is as somebody that grew up so far from that with none of those uh, touch points and touchstones uh, being able to listen to that album and really, like, I say really. I mean, being able to listen to album and to get a, a strong feeling from it of what it might have been like or to maybe kind of understand what goes through people's minds when they live in a situation like that is what makes that music so great or one of the things that makes it so mm-hmm. great. Uh, and I don't get any Guys, of that As I listen this. to
1: Good Kid, Mad City. I get it. <laughs> That's,
0: that is the worst version of me. You, you did it. Perfect.
1: Uh- yeah, no, it's not that at all. Let's not even
0: pretend. And yeah.
1: and the other thing to note is that he doesn't make the beats. I actually think the beats are pretty good sometimes, but uh, he doesn't make the beats. The beats so. are
0: definitely catchy. The beats are, yeah. I would say, like proficient pop music beats is how I would de- how I would define them. Yeah, uh, for sure. So so yeah. So anyway, that's like my perspective on the songwriting. Like I don't think it's compelling because I don't understand or feel emotionally any of the things that. Uh, It seems like he's trying to express when you read the words of the songs. I just hear the words, and it just sounds like internet being mushed up and spit back at me. Um, So the songs as a whole. Now, you've been listening to these songs quite a bit. I will also confess there were a couple days last week where uh, these songs were stuck in my head. Are these good songs? Are these good pop songs?
1: They're definitely closer to good than they are bad, I think. Because, like, like you, you know, they,
0: there's plenty of pop music that I will defend as good pop music that I will not defend as good singing or good songwriting, yeah. right? Because that's a very different thing. So uh, do you think these are good pop songs, some of them?
1: Yeah, I kind of do. I think they uh, they just fall way closer to good than bad on the scale. And, like, they end up replacing other songs in a playlist for me. So... Yeah, I kind of think they're I, they're they're pushing towards good on that
0: front. Um, it's hard for it, me to disagree, given that this like, it's video kinda, has it, two hundred million views. Like, I mean, pop music has a very though, clear right? goal. Like, so. you can't
1: you can't take the pieces and add them up, right? It's not like you can be like, well, you know, each individual piece is like a is like a quarter. So you add it up and you you add up all four pieces and get a whole. Like, none of the none of the pe- maybe it's just the beats and we're just reacting to making noise on top of a beat, but like. It doesn't seem to have the individual pieces that would add up to a good song, but for whatever reason, you mix it all together and it seems to work.
0: Yeah, honestly, uh, when, you, when I listen to the beat, like it feels to me like it could be a Justin Bieber song. Which is not to say Justin Bieber sounds like that; it's to say that it sounds, uh, it has the sort of surface level quality and aesthetics that would yeah. put it in the same kind of tier as like and a Bieber song. I
1: think I think Bobby Johnson has done like a Beyonce song or something. I think he's done pop Wait, music really before. I'm pretty sure.
0: Is Bobby Johnson not uh, the guy from that documentary uh, named Zan Frank? Uh, Bobby Johnson is a French guy. Oh. So how did Lil Zan just buy these
1: beats? Bobby Johnson sent them to him. Interesting. That's the story. This is very
0: interesting. So okay. uh, yeah,
1: he has done he has done music for Beyonce. I, I, I'm just uh,
0: I'm just basing myself the fact that I know in that little noisy documentary that Lil Zan says that uh, Arthur, I guess his name's Arthur, so his name wouldn't be Bobby Johnson. Oh Zan, yeah uh, Zan Frank. Arthur, aka Zan Frank, makes six beats. So I thought these were maybe affiliated with him at all, but I guess they're not. Um, yeah. So yeah, the it's a it's got a like highly produced uh, quality to it, which I think is important. Uh, but there's
1: a there's something to be said for the juxtaposition of highly produced beat with like. The, the mumblecore version of rap on top, but it's, like, the there's, thing is, like there's this like un, unfinished on top of produced is leads to interesting
0: results. Yeah, but the thing is, he's not even taking the the mumble rap to its like logical conclusion, right? Like like little yachty for me, and I don't, I'm not deep in the scene, but little yachty for me is kind of the kind of in some ways the like final form of mumble rap in that when I listen to his music, I almost literally can't tell what he's saying uh, yeah. most of the time. And that seems to be, like, an artistic decision to some to some degree. Uh, so, and this is not that either. This is just, like, some weird in-between state that uh, is kind of, like, identi- has no identity, really, uh, the actual rapping on top of it. But, yeah. So, I think I have to agree, just by the sort of sheer, by the metrics, this is one of the only things we can actually measure. Is it a good pop song? Well, does it have a lot of views on YouTube? Yes. Which I think is probably just an indicator that it gets stuck in a lot of people's heads, is my, my yeah. guess. Uh, it's, yeah. it's got a little bit of virality to it. It's stuck enough in your head that you sent it to me, hence two more views on YouTube. So uh, that's how this is gone, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so not good rap, not good songwriting, good pop song, though, possibly. What do you think of these videos? Do you think the videos are good either music videos or, like, good YouTube virally videos? Uh,
1: They're good... They're good like atmospheric videos. Like they're they're better than just putting album art behind a song, which is a you know, prominent thing on YouTube, right? Like yeah. some some music videos are just it doesn't even matter. It's just the we need to get the audio out there somehow. Uh so they're they're good in that sense, but like it's no riffraff, you know? It's not like uh it's not like they're trying that hard to like really make a meme out of this thing. Uh we should maybe do a riffraff show at some point. Bookmark that.
0: Uh, Alright, I'll put it on my list. It's it's no Riffraff, Andy. Well, nothing is, though, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is Riffraff other than Riffraff? Um Yeah, I, I had a so one thing that struck me is these songs are actually all kind of quite different. And by these songs, again, I'm referring to like the five songs I can find if it's on YouTube. We're talking which I about think far. We're songs. talking
1: about Betrayed, we're talking about Xanarchy, and we're talking about I don't know. Uh,
0: the, one, the one in the morning. Did you watch the one in the morning? What's it called? Wake up or something? Let me see. Yep. I think that's what it is. And then there's the other one, the second most popular one called Slingshot. I assume you saw Slingshot too.
1: Yep. we have seen Slingshot.
0: And then that new one, uh, Lil Xan the Man, uh, which came out just a couple days ago.
1: Oh, I haven't um, seen the video for that. I've only seen the Spotify for that. Oh, the video I mean, is actually,
0: the video for that is more interesting, I think, than some of the other ones. But the, the thing that's most striking about all these videos is that Uh, Is that he
1: wears a different team hat in every one? It's very frustrating. Is that what you're gonna say? (laughs) That's part of it, but also (laughs) no, it's It's not. Total anarchy. It's total anarchy.
0: I I didn't even notice that it was to that degree, but yeah, there's at least four different uh, beanies with sports, different sports teams on them that I've seen represented in different videos of his. So Mm -hmm. that's a thing. That's Um, frustrating. So. uh, but the thing is, all these videos have very different aesthetics, pretty much. Like, Slingshot is kind of like a party video, right? They're out in, like, some bucolic uh, road somewhere, and they've got a drone, and they're taking these quick-cut shots to just him dancing on a rock, dancing in the street, uh, and rapping with his head covered with his hood. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just, like, fast cuts, you know, whatever. And then Betrayed is, like, the most popular one, and it's, I think it is a genuine artistic attempt like they tried to do something with the video that you can see what they were going for, right? Like it's all this blue cool colors and it's shot in this kind of like dreary way. And there's this moments where they try and like write things on the table and on their hands, which has got kind of a, you know, title sequence vibe to it. Uh, and yeah. it's not well done, but there's something but it d- they were going for. But it's fitting.
1: It's definitely fitting.
0: And it does fit the song. Uh, and then Far is like, weirdly cheaply produced where he's just walking down the street and there's like meteors falling around him like it feels to me like it's kind of like you know they're just taking you know shotgun shots into youtube like well let's try this try that try this try that see what's most popular and given that betrayed became so popular the newest video the man which i i don't know if this was only produced after the success of uh betrayed though i will presume it was because betrayed was released seven months ago uh, oh it's and, definitely you'd have to imagine because the man just came out yes i have to imagine this video was made uh, somewhat recently and so it seems like they're starting to like uh, focus on like this aesthetic worked last time let's try it again uh which is of course like that is how a lot of media is made right like you put stuff out there you see what's successful and you like try other stuff it's just yeah there's we,
1: only sequels in the world at this point well so, it's, yeah, it's, it's just it
0: as we talked about in the show though it to me is like kind of in some ways the antithesis of like having an artistic vision and like something you're trying to achieve in your medium. So, I don't know. And also the videos are the most obvious example of this to me to my eye, but the actual music itself is also very varied. His voice sounds very different on different songs. Uh either mm-hmm. the way it's produced or run through filters, it just sounds like a different voice. Uh the backing tracks change kind of dramatically, so it's a, it's a very diverse catalog of songs on YouTube, and I'm actually curious to see what his first album his album will sound like when it comes out because uh is will there be like a sort of cohesive uh take and a, cohesive, a cohesive sense of production on the album or will it still be kind of varied like this i'm not sure what to make of it though
1: i would assume currently it's just like i don't think each song is made with a uh any sort of like greater sense right like they all seem to have different producers people often make different beat like different um different people making the beats so I don't know. Like I don't. I assume it's a very unconscious choice. Uh, I'm interested. I'm also interested to see what what an album would be like. Would it be boring because it's uh, he's like captured lightning in a bottle a couple times by accident, and to do it all at once would be terrible. Or can he hire Bobby Johnson to do the whole thing? I,
0: I don't, don't know. know. It it just it definitely strikes me as the the nature of how his music is made. It feels like it's made for YouTube, right? Like these songs yep. are made like. Separately as individual pieces and approached kind of as individual creative acts. And I don't get a sense of like cohesion across all of them. No, uh, I, I
1: can almost, you can almost guarantee that there is not right. Like, well, I mean,
0: so I mean, even on artists that, you know, don't intend to oftentimes if you have like an underlying vision or like you have something you're trying to express, it will come through in even works that you're making intentionally varied because you can mm. you can't kind of hide your voice that much. I just I don't I don't hear a voice from this really. No. No, you're right. That's true. So anyway, I, I think this is bad music. I think it's bad music, bad videos. It's popular because earworm, because McDonald's is popular food, you know, for all the same reasons we talked about in the show before. But uh, it's, it's not good rap. It's not good songwriting. It's not good videos. It's just uh, it's, it's hitting this weird like sweet spot uh, currently in the culture where mm-hmm. people are listening to it because it's got this sort of catchiness to it, I think. Um, and also, it is kind of fascinating in a weird way because I do want to move on Unless you want to defend the music, Uh, I mean, do do you kind of agree with me there, or do you? Yeah, no, I think
1: I I think they're good. They're good at being catchy songs, but they they're not good at any of the technical skill sets of making a song.
0: Yeah, I think we agree on that. So let's talk about this guy as a person, because part of that part,
1: hey, I think I'm on his team at least. I want I want to succeed at this point.
0: Yeah, give me. I've been talking a lot. Give me just your your take on him as a dude.
1: Uh, one, like, first, uh, I was like, ah, this, this kid sucks. This is, this is like the worst of culture, right? Like, I feel like that's supposed to be your first impression if you're anywhere over 20, maybe over 25, whatever. But, like, after watching, like, uh, watching that noisy documentary, um, where, th- so this documentary kind of follows him from, uh, follows him going on tour, uh, talking about his parents, interviewing his mom and his dad. Um, I don't know. It's just, it all makes sense. Uh, he's kind of a sympathetic character. Um, you know, he's like, he has kind of any, it seems like he's like tried to set up his parents with houses or, uh, his mom has a disability and he like bought her an apartment and, uh, his parents seem like super supportive of him and it just, it, he just seems like this, like. He actually doesn't seem like a guy who's trying to glorify drug abuse despite the name. He seems like a guy who went through it and is trying to make some sort of recovery despite the fact that he's like drinking codeine in the video. Um, He's this like sympathetic interesting character that I kind of want to succeed despite like nothing really nothing he talks about being good. There's not one thing he mentions in that video besides supporting his family obviously that is like showing any sort of talent or skill or level of competence.
0: Yeah. And I'll get into my impressions in a second, but can, can you elaborate? I don't understand why that noisy documentary was called Lil Xan wants to make you sober, right? Or wants you to get off drugs? It was the title it of it. It says
1: that. I think, I think that is like a tiny, tiny reference to when he's in the car drinking lean and being like, yeah, I hope no one else does this or something so like he, that. I don't think right? he even
0: says that. The video is "Little Zam would like to make you sober," and but like all he talks about is how he is now somewhat sober, and by that I mean he's still drinking codeine and uh, by his own admission addicted to Norco's. And I save us all without judgment because I truly, truly <laughs> think that uh, drug addiction is really not the fault of people that are addicted to drugs. Uh, I think there are monstrous systems in place that are sort of make it not inevitable, but like. The motivations are such that uh, people end up taking substances and then are, you know, obviously chemically and otherwise continued to be encouraged to take them. I don't blame any addict for their addiction. Uh, But by his own admission, he's taking Norcos. He's sort of Mm -hmm. encoding. So, like, I I don't understand this kind of, like, vibe of him trying to make people sober. And he doesn't do anything to explain that at all because he doesn't really explain anything in the documentary. He doesn't... No. he, He doesn't, like... He's asked questions about things, and really, the his answers are kind of either very shallow or he deflects incidentally. But, uh, but yeah, my, my overall impression. So, the first thing I saw was the Betrayed video, and when I watched that video, I thought, honestly, that this was like a 15 or 16 year old white kid from the suburbs who made a rap video in their parents' you know nice basement and took a pen and drew on their face with a pen. To like, <laughs> to, like, make fun of this kind of mumbly rap movement. Uh, the, the video betrayed in a vacuum, I think, really lacks credibility. It does not feel authentic to this guy's experience to me, which I think is just another criticism of the art, is that I don't think it effectively expresses what they want it to express because it feels like it's a, a parody, almost, of, of this kind of video. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then the next thing I watched was this noisy documentary, and it becomes immediately apparent that he is actually like twenty one he looks older in the documentary he does in the video uh and It also becomes apparent that he's actually Hispanic, both of his parents are hispanic, so even though he uh looks white, he's a hispanic kid uh and like you said, he's just like overall like a very nice guy who is like kind of pumped that he's very 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 excited that he's like having success making rap music uh and is like seems to be trying to make the best of it in a lot of ways that I'd be trying to make the best of it. Like, he talks about trying to be conservative with his money. Like you said, he, like, bought his mom an apartment. Uh, like, he just seems like an overall nice dude. And not everything I found was, like, great. Like, a lot of the stuff in the rap. There's no
1: <laughs> He says stuff that's problematic, but it doesn't seem... It seems, like, problematic because he doesn't know better, not problematic because he's an evil person.
0: Yeah, or problematic because he's deep in this scene, which has really deep veins of problematicism uh yeah, sure. but yeah like the the rap genius videos there's a lot of uh really disgusting talk about women and all that kind of stuff and you know even
1: actually even then like he's uh he acknowledges when he says something gross which is interesting like usually the explanation will be an explanation whereas in some of those
0: he's like oh yeah that was bad wasn't it he, which is kind he, he does he does in one video refer to his ex and then later on says oh actually my ex I'm I'm still seeing her she should be mad when she sees this which I <laughs> guess is some weird level of self-awareness but uh but no he seems like you know just a nice unassuming kid that has had a lot of hardship in his life struggling with addiction and being in a community of people that are also struggling with addiction and is kind of making this art as a coping mechanism it's just not good art <laughs> but, but but I but I wonder how much His personality is part of why he's been successful. Uh, Like, I don't think, for example, that most of the people that have watched that video 200 million times, or I guess the exact number I have it in front of me is 154 million times. uh, I don't think those people are, like, all deep in his personality, but I wonder if, you know, there's people out there that are watching these videos and he's, like, an interesting character to have on camera, interesting character to ask questions to, uh, and that's why, you know... That's part of the reason for his success.
1: I, I mean, I have to imagine some of it is because obviously, like, not everyone's watching documentaries about him after they watch the video, but they're probably following him. On Insta- they're probably following him on Instagram, right? Mm, like, sure, they probably have yeah. more. They probably have more connection to him than we ever did as kids, like following our favorite bands or artists or whatever. Um, and and also, like, because it's not a merit-based system, it's not like I don't know, like, man. he's a terrible quarterback but he's really nice like you know what i mean it doesn't uh that doesn't work but uh it's not he's not getting judged on his ability so if you follow this person on whatever form of social media you like them they're they make catchy music but they just don't happen to be good at it what does that matter
0: yeah yeah, I don't know, because uh, I, I do think the character is an important part, right? Like, I think that's a big part of the success of Odd Future, a big part of the success of, you know, much more popular artists like Kanye West, like his his whole shit. Well, shtick.
1: I brought up, up Riff Raff earlier, like, that's, yeah? that's 100% character, 0% ability. Like, you can, you can win with character, for sure.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of puzzled by the whole thing. I have a couple other things I want to compare this to, unless you have more yeah. thoughts immediately. No, 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 I want to hear. So... I'm assuming you're familiar with the song and video Chakarron. Yeah. Do you... This was like a E-Bombs World time. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an old song. Yeah, I think it came out. Let's see. Uh...
1: What I mean by that is it's a viral video that is pre the like peak viral video.
0: Oh, Do you think it's a viral video? Let's guess. Let's guess. You play the game. You guess how many views it has on YouTube, and I'll look it up.
1: Oh, I'm sure it has a couple million. I don't think it's... The problem is, it's because it's viral pre-YouTube, it's not going to have the same success on YouTube as other things. But it was like one of the... I just remember it as a viral video as a kid before we even really had a sense of what that was.
0: Yeah, this is one of those ones, I looked it up, this is one where we can't really, we don't have a full sense of the history because the only actual music video I can find of it on YouTube was uploaded just a year ago. It's got 5 million mm. views. But then a few down, there is a Super Mario parody that was uploaded 10 years ago that has 10 <laughs> million views. So, you know. Yeah, uh, So for the data is incomplete. Yeah, for people that aren't familiar, uh, Chakarone is this music and music video by a rapper named El Chombo, uh, which is in basically entirely gibberish. Uh, like the song, and Matt, maybe you can stick a few bars in here. The the song is like the same vowel sounds kind of repeated over and over again, shakaron, 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 over and over again. And in the verses, he just kind of goes like, shakaron, <speaking in> shakaron, 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 shakaron,
1: That's pretty much the song. I don't think there's anything else I can add to
0: that. Yeah, uh, but this was, like you said, somewhat popular as a viral thing, and I think it was partially because it was a, you know, weird absurdity. It was kind of like a like a, a novelty, but also, like, the song's catchy, right? Like, I think the song yeah. is catchy.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not It's not, not going to stick in your head. Like, it's not by no means is it a good song, but, like, you're not forgetting it ever.
0: Yeah, and so once it's in there, it won't go out, uh, and then, you know, it's just the kind of thing where that to me is like the one of the like extremities of this tree of like obviously there's no songwriting at play here uh there's no rap or like lyrical prowess at play here uh it's just like it's almost like music broken down to it's like most component parts like can we just make noises into this mic and make it danceable and have it be like a popular <laughs> song and the answer is like kind of yes <laughs> like you don't <laughs> you don't actually need to uh to like you know do any of that other stuff that is like widely recognized as like the part of the music to make it be popular uh, and so I always kind of have that in my mind as like one of the like kind of milestones and uh, not milestones one of the like reference points when I'm trying to like Understand why things are popular. So I think, given the popularity of Chakarone, the popularity of Betrayed is kind of makes sense. Um, I don't know. That was the thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> I think that's
1: uh, they're different to me, but but I can understand the comparison.
0: I do think. Do you see Chakarone as like a as like a joke, more like a yes, like a, like I a do less think that, serious thing?
1: Whether or not the intention was that it was made as a joke, I see it as a joke. Whereas I don't see Betrayed as a joke. I see it as. Not the skill level you might expect from something that popular, but I don't, I don't see it as a parody. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not a parody, but I didn't, I didn't view it the first time as a parody either.
0: I kind of thought it was at first, but it's clear when you dig a little bit deeper that it is definitely not intended as that. And I actually don't know more about El Chombo and what the sort of background of is. I actually have zero context is. for that. I, I have no clue. know
1: what I've heard. You know, I've only, I only know the video. I don't know any context around it. It could be a joke. It could not be. I have no idea.
0: So if you're interested, people go find out yourself because I'm not going to Google it for you. Here's the last thing I want to touch on, Matt. Do, what do you make of the kind of like movement or like the kind of uh, weird virtue signaling that surrounds Little Xan specifically like the group Xanarchy and the making of all things that have the vowel sound and in them into Xan puns, which, by the way, you have done very little of. So uh, it's,
1: it turned out to be a serious show. Opportunity I'm, I'm missed. Super into I know I'm very <laughs> into the Xan puns, but uh, I feel like we just had a serious conversation. I didn't have as much joking to interject,
0: which but is like, weird for this one. But but what do you make of like? So it seems t- I I don't want to give I don't give I don't give you my impression first. What do you make of the fact that like? They seem to be throwing the shape of like an underlying philosophy that connects all this stuff it, it, it relates to their identities as people as rappers. it relates to the music, it relates to them as a group. it relates to their clothing they're selling and putting out like this they've well, established a brand and a philosophy which I, I feel like they're trying to put on people and i'm curious to know what you what your take is on that
1: i mean. They have it's just they've established the the underlying philosophy is just the easiest one to connect to everything because if your underlying philosophy is anarchy or and, and nihilism, then you can justify anything with that right You can be like, well, why'd you do that because nothing matters, or why'd you do that because f the system
0: right? Do you think uh, that they are actually like in their own way philosophically connected to the idea of anarchy?
1: No, but I do think they're somewhat connected to nihilism, like I think there is certainly. I mean, I think that's part just part of being young. Like I, I was definitely in bands that were nihilistic and that was the that was the message when I was like not twenty one, but you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. That I
0: feel like a lot. We should call we should define this like uh this age of people that are interested in nihilism as just people that only know nihilism from uh from the Lebowski, basically. <laughs> like that's their exposure to nihilism as a as a sort of philosophy. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean my thing is like I don't, like, if you removed all proper nouns and all Zan puns and everything from the script of that noisy documentary, like, the way this kid talks seems to me to be completely not nihilistic or uh, or anarchistic at all. Like, he talks about feeling he has guardian angels, uh, he's, like, vaguely yep. spiritual, he believes that, like, things happen for a reason. Uh, like, the things he's talking about are not at all connected to these ideas, which is but why... That's the- him.
1: That's, but that's him as a person. I think it's fair to say that you can be, you know, there's one thing, you being a real human being, and there's the other thing of, like, you having a stage persona, uh, and kind of... Pl- especially, especially when... It starts as, uh, you know, opioid addiction and talking about that all the time. And like that can I can certainly that's very easily tied to the anarchy nihilism thing, whereas like him as a person trying to recover doesn't really fit that world anymore. Uh, I think it's fair to separate those two things. Right. There's the so character sure. and There's the
0: person. I take that point. Uh, what aspects of the stage persona do you think do exemplify that ideology? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I mean, I know this is obviously part of him as a person, but I think the face tattoos are very much that, right? Like, I'm going to get this because not either nothing matters or I want to make sure that there are no other opportunities but this. um That's pretty
0: committed. Yeah, that to me is like, if that, that rides a line between, like, nothing matters and also, like, seize the day and you only get one life and, like, live to your fullest, right? Like, it's kind of a weird, in a weird space there.
1: It is. It's, because it's, uh... It's, it's weird. It, the explanation of that is always weird because the only two explanations I've ever heard are nothing matters or I want to make sure I'm committed to this and nothing else can stop me, so I can't get a job outside of this.
0: Uh, which is basically what he no- says in his documentary, right? Like his dad says in the documentary that he was uh, put off by the face tattoos until yeah. he heard Diego, which is this guy's actual name, to Diego explain that, like, if I'm getting face tattoos, then I'm in it. Which, to me, is a very what's, uncompelling, what's uncompelling, explanation. But I know. But what's interesting is dad, that no I one guess. brings up the
1: aesthetic. It's not like anyone's like, you know, it looks good. These, the, no, I've not heard one explanation that is like, this is an aesthetic I'm into. So, which brings me back to the the nihilism thing, where it's like, well, because F it, right? Most, I mean, I feel like most other tattoo movements, they are about the aesthetic of it, or the like transformation of your body, or some some slightly deeper meaning and whereas this one is like really uh it's very it, it's like full commitment and yet very little explanation for that commitment
0: it's interesting you mentioned that because you're right at no point is just just uh little zan say i think they look nice and that's why i want them like they look cool and they look like i want to look which i think is i, I think that's actually why right like i think the reason if you dug down to it is that like having these tattoos makes this guy look like he wants to look, right? Like, it's pretty, it's probably pretty simple. But I, I wonder, now that you've mentioned that, though, if you pressed Lil Xan in an interview, if you said, like, do you think your music sounds good? Do you think your videos look good? If he would say yes, or if he would say that's not the point. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Like, like it, 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 it makes me wonder what his creative goal is when he sits down to make a song. Like, is he... I, my suspicion is that he's trying to make a thing that will get a lot of views on YouTube, and I'm guessing that, yeah. based on his success in achieving that goal, and based on the aesthetic and the sort of varied approach to all the things that are that he's put out so far, and that would le- that would like lean me towards no, I don't necessarily think he maybe like thinks the music sounds good or is like you know necessarily the artistic decision he wanted to make it was like trying to be successful
1: which i have i have listened to interviews with him where people basically call him out and say you're not a good rapper and he's not phased by it so i can't imagine he'd be phased by much honestly well i mean i do think there would be plenty of people who would uh even just to show show some sort of uh just, 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 i think there would be plenty of people who so as not to lose face would at least pretend to be offended by that um and he doesn't even pretend to be offended by that so For what that's worth. Yeah. I
0: don't know, Matt. Very interesting guy. I know. I think it's bad
1: music. Uh, Wool got 30 minutes. Little Zan gets an hour. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Basically. Look, our priorities are perfectly calibrated, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to just end by saying some Zan puns? Would that make you feel good?
1: That's exactly what I was going to do. All right, give me some of your Uh, best Zan puns. I'm ready. Okay, I thought of a great uh, political movement for Zanarchy to take on next
0: okay what is it
1: zanti disestablishmentarianism
0: <laughs> oh man suzanne it needs kind to of come fits back. though
1: right it kind of fits
0: uh, yeah i guess sure okay right. give me another one uh
1: i think well so obviously in my house all the animals are now those animals
0: that's <laughs> the only those animals when they're sleeping
1: no, there's always... Here's the thing. Suzanne has banned any sort of little Zan talk from the house. It's a Zan ban, if you will. You mean,
0: you mean Susanna? Oh,
1: that's what I was going to say. Guess who's being punished? Susanna is now Susanna. Yeah, There's an X in there, but she doesn't know.
0: <laughs> I guess also... I can picture you two in like three years and like couples counseling <laughs> and you're like, just so you know, I've been pronouncing your name with an X for three years. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah. what? Do you see what I deal with? Now I'm self-conscious. Did we uh did we make fun of people that are addicted in this episode? I hope we didn't. I'm I'm so I'm so sympathetic to. to anybody that has suffered from any kind of addiction.
1: I don't intend to, but I do really like the Zan pun. So take that. Oh, also you're Zandy Zangold. Of course, yeah. Andy Mangold, Andy Zangold, Zandy Angold, Zandy Mangold. Whatever you like better. Zangold's a good rap name. I got a lot I of think.
0: options for, yeah. for my rap name if I decide to enter the uh Zan rap movement yeah i think that's gonna work out all right well i think that's a podcast episode then
1: yeah i'll come up with more Zanraps. raps Zan raps actually we we should do a xan rap at some point but otherwise i'll come up with more zan puns for future episodes
0: great it'll be a recurring segment
1: yeah Xanti disestablishmentarianism was really
0: my uh what am i trying to say your uh, magnum opus that's my winner <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing i've ever done